Welcome back to episode 39 of the Marriage Project Podcast. This is Alicia Miller, your host, and this episode is a little bit different. I am interviewing Tavia Zaretsky, who has his doctorate in intercultural studies from Western Seminary in Oregon. He is the founder of Jewish Gentile Couples, which is a free counseling service for intercultural couples. I was so delighted to hear from their ministry and just take 30 minutes to ask him to go into a little bit more of what they do at Jewish Gentile Couples. And they also host a podcast where different couple stories are shared. And the premise about what Jewish Gentile Couples are is it's a collective of ministers who offer free of charge resources and support to help couples find spiritual harmony. So these are couples who realize they're in a cross-cultural relationship and there's a lot of things that they need to work out, whether it's in dating, marriage, or when they become parents, these issues can arise. And this is a resource for couples who are finding the challenges um, because of their cross-cultural differences challenging. So this is a great resource for couples who have questions and who need counseling. And I was just like I said, so excited to get into this area. This was such an interesting conversation I had. So I pray you enjoy it. And um, the heart of this podcast is the heart of the gospel, just sharing Jesus and shining a light on the sanctity of marriage, which God created between husband and wife to glorify himself and to show his relationship with his church. But to get there for these couples, we get to hear the patient endurance that Tevya and the others invested in this ministry go through the links that they went to to create this ministry, and I hope you enjoy it. Different and just excited to hear from um, Tevya Zaretsky from Jewish Gentile um, Couples, and there's so much more to it. But can you give our listeners a bit of your background, the research you've done, a little tidbit? We'll get into that. Um, and just a bit about your family and how long you've been married. Yeah. Alicia, first, I want to say thanks. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you and, and uh, the, your listeners on the Marriage Project. Um, as I was saying just before we started, I've been enjoying forwarding uh, some of the resources you've got. And it's I really appreciate, really, really appreciate what you're doing. Thanks. Mm -hmm. um, Ellen and I have been married 41 years. We're both from uh, traditional Jewish background. Now we'd refer to ourselves as Messianic Jews, Jews who believe in Jesus. So we're Messianic Jews for Jesus. Um, we have three adult children, um, one son, two daughters, and the uh, older daughter is married. They've got three children, all of them under the age of four. They are uh, an intermarried couple in that Abby, um, our daughter, was raised in a, um, a home, a Messianic Jewish home. Right. identifies as Jewish, a believer in Jesus, mm -hmm. and her husband is from Brazil. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're really uh, delighted to welcome Marcelo as part of our family and to be part of his. Yeah. Um, my vocational background is kind of interesting. Um, I was trained in, in speech pathology um, and uh, coming out of the university came to, to faith in, in Jesus, left the United States, lived in Israel for um, two years came back and found out I was not the only Jew who believed in Jesus in the world that believed that way um, and became part of a, a movement, then an organization that became Jews for Jesus. Um, I've served in uh, and together with Ellen at times in San Francisco, um, New York, Boston, wow. um, Tel Aviv, Israel, 
and back to San Francisco and then Los Angeles now for the three decades here. Um, but in the course of my work about 1990, the National Jewish Population Survey announced or, or reported that the intermarriage, Jewish intermarriage rate in North America was 52%. Yeah. Now, you, you need to understand that growing up in the Jewish community here in North America, the idea of intermarriage was absolutely taboo. Mm -hmm. It was considered a, a shame on the family if we did that. And so uh, when I saw that, I thought, wow, something really, really different is happening yeah. in the American Jewish community. I wanted to find out more about it. Not being intermarried, Ellen is, is also Jewish, raised in, in the same kind of background that I was. Um, that wasn't our experience. And so we were running into all these couples. We're trying to figure out what we what we needed to do to, to understand them. Um, I was given permission to go and, and get a practical degree in, in what's called missiology, the study of how the gospel is spread through cultures and cross-culturally, uh, that became a doctor of uh, intercultural study. Mm. And um, during that time, I did um, an original research project to find out the challenges that were being reported by Jewish gentle couples so I could understand what's going on and then um, hopefully have a, 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 a better handle on how to minister to them. So that's... That's kind of the sketch of my story. Right. Which, yeah, very brief blip, I'm sure, um, yeah. overview. Um, so we did talk um, a little bit before this, and you let me know you've even written a workbook and gave me a copy of it, and I just barely skimmed the surface. I'm very excited to, like, really dive in because it's just fascinating to me, and um, especially just this topic of marriage, you know, that's the heart of this podcast. So I love that you guys are doing that for the Jewish Gentile relationships. And so I wanted to read a part from the introduction um, to your workbook and it's called, he said, then she said, and I wanted to read this part because I just thought it was a great segue into you telling us more about this ministry and work at Jewish Gentile couples. So this is the part that I pulled. Um, it says in 1998, this is you talking, right? <laughs> this is your voice. In 1998, I received a telephone call that changed the direction of my ministry with Jews for Jesus. The caller represented a group of four Jewish Gentile couples. They all had young children and questions about how to raise them. And though the Jewish partners were reluctant to hear from Jewish believers in Jesus, they were motivated by the intensity of the challenges and tensions they were experiencing. They were serious about wanting to strengthen their marriages and hoped we might help them find some part of common ground, despite their religious differences. So can you first explain, I mean, I know it, so I just assume everyone does, but they might not know what the difference is between a Jewish or Jew non-believer is, and then the difference between a Jewish believer, a Messianic Jew, how you described you and your wife, and then a Christian who is the Gentile in this equation, the non-Jewish believer. <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful, but yeah. there's three entities here that we're talking about. And yeah. you, you're helping the spiritual harmony between two of them. But there's, I just wanted you to break down for listeners. Yeah, I'll start with the, just the, from the Christian perspective. Sure. Um, because um, a lot of people don't even think in terms of, of Jewish and Gentile. Right. But it's a biblical perspective. And and as my um, doctoral advisor, who happens to be Chinese, said, that's a very Jewish way to look at it. <laughs> and I said, yeah, <laughs> because um, my world is it, 
there are Jews and then there's everybody else. And everybody else is what the Bible referred to as the Gentiles or the nations. Mm -hmm. Israel was one of the nations. I mean, the, the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were just one of all the nations. Um, and yet God has a, a very special plan uh, or purpose in creating the Jewish people. Right. So we're, we're ethnic like a lot of other, every other nation or, or people group. Right. Um, and so I make, I try and make that distinction and, and, and just point out so it's a biblical definition. I make a distinction between ethnicity, which is the DNA derived birthright or, or birth lineage of a people mm -hmm. and their culture. DNA doesn't change. Ethnicity doesn't change. Um, it can be um, uh, commingled in intermarriage, but it, you can still, through culture, preserve that um, ethnicity as as uh, an expression of what that that ethnicity is. So culture culture changes. Culture can change. Does change. Um, and it's acquired, it's learned, it's, um, and it's malleable. Can, you can learn a different language. You can learn a different, you can learn, pick up a different religion. People tend not to think about religion as a, a cultural component, but the fact is that it is. So when, when people, um, you know, ask, um, you know, well, you're Jewish, that means you're supposed to practice Judaism. Well, not really. Mm. Not all Jews. That's not really a definition um, of what, what somebody uh, who's Jewish is. So the reason I chose Jewish Gentile couples is to just emphasize the idea that we're talking same level, ethnic, ethnic. Got it. Okay. Yep. Um, so uh, from a Christian perspective, uh, a Jewish non-believer, from a Christian perspective, right. is a Jew who doesn't believe in Jesus. Pretty simple. As Messiah. As Messiah, as Lord, Savior, all that Jesus is, right? Yes. Right. Um, the odd part is if I'm sitting with a couple and, and a Christian says to their Jewish partner, well, he's not a believer. To the Jewish hearer, he might say, well, yeah, I believe in God or I believe in Judaism. Mm -hmm. So we have to just realize that, that non-believer or non-believer is a, or believer is a, is a Christian perspective term. Would it be accurate to say those who believe in God who are Jewish are still waiting for the first coming of who they deemed was going to be the savior of the world? Is that an accurate statement? No, I wish it was. Because in, like, for example, in Israel, 72% of the people are secular. Okay. In North America, it's, it's almost the same, okay. you know, and that doesn't mean that they're atheists. They might be agnostics, but they're, they and it's a fun question to ask somebody who's Jewish. Do you, are you one of those Jews who's waiting for the Messiah or you doesn't matter anymore? It's a, it's a fair question. Yeah. yeah. If it's asked in a way that's not putting somebody on the spot. Yeah. So, so the Christian perspective, we talk about believers or non-believers in, in Jewish community. You don't necessarily do that for a Jewish believer. It's kind of an odd thing. Um, yeah. We're all odd, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Because the term Christian in the Jewish community was always, we'd always hear it as non-Jew, as Gentile. And we used, literally used the term Christian to refer to, to Gentiles without even thinking about it. They were just equated. And they're two entirely different terms. Christian is a follower of the Messiah. 
-hmm. didn't know that, had no idea. Talked to a lot of Christians and asked them to define what the word Christian means. Mm -hmm. And they don't know where it comes from or what it, that it means. Um, it, Christian, uh, Christos was uh, uh, the Greek term for um, uh, the Messiah, Mashiach. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I say I, I'm a Messianic Jew, I'm saying the same thing as I'm a Christian. Albeit in the Jewish community, when they hear Christian, they think, oh, you're now one of the Gentiles. So for a Jewish believer, we, we identify as, as Messianic Jews, just for the sake of not confusing the rest of the Jewish community. But within the Christian community, I'll oftentimes refer my, to myself as a, as a Jewish Christian. And lots of folks get that, except the person who goes, well, what, were you Jewish before you were a Christian? <laughs> yes. And still am. And so, am. Yes. Yeah. Trying not to trying to sim simplify and clarify things rather than make them more confusing. Right. Right. Uh, um, yeah. So that's um, the we just have to recognize the culture that we're speaking from and how it's heard in our own community and by the community that we're that's not our community. Right. Yeah. yeah that sheds a lot of light because it's so it's so intertwined. You're saying the culture with your identity of like where you were your family's from it tied up in that religion or just the Judaism part too. So it's, it's more complex than most people give, <laughs> give thought to it. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure you could do a whole series on that um, in and of itself. So thank you for um, yeah, condensing that. And so we're going to move into what this podcast that you do and this ministry, you do the work, the Jewish Gentile couples and the couples, you're a couple you first met that uh, accurate, they approached you, they were having challenges in their marriage, um, that difference of belief systems, so to speak, just getting into, I have a couple questions here. I might jump around between the two, but um, have you, or what have you heard or found makes these marriages difficult between two people who believe in Jesus? So it sounds like, you know, everything would be agreeable they're like-minded but we're seeing that no they come from very different backgrounds and upbringing so what are some of the challenges that these interfaith couples are facing yeah it's uh yeah the couples contact us and we can come back to, to what happens what we're trying to do there but but uh, the the challenges are, it's really complex because um when a couple is from the same ethnicity mm -hmm but they have different denominations, you know, somebody's um, Lutheran and their, their partner's Catholic or their partner's Baptist. They're always interesting, interesting struggles there. Well, that's just, there's sociological studies done on all the challenges that they have just getting along and, and whose church do we go to and how do we worship? How do we celebrate holidays and so on? It gets a little more uh, a little trickier when they're from different ethnicities, but the same faith. Mm -hmm. um, we have um, Black Christians in America. We have Hispanic Christians in America, Asian, Arab, mm -hmm. European Christians. Um, they're from different eth ethnicities, but we all have the, we might have the same faith. Mm -hmm. And so there's not more than just language differences. Um, it's symbols and, and the history that goes with that Christian faith. Um, I mean, some of the oldest Christian expressions are the Orthodox Christians from the East. And we don't think about that so much in the West. So when they get together, you know, they've got challenges. Um, and then you have uh, 
well, now the group that we're dealing with are, are people from different ethnicities, from different faith traditions. When you get at that level, where they've come, as we do with, with Jewish people coming together with somebody who, who doesn't practice Judaism, and they're not even the same ethnicity, um, now you're looking at, at challenges that sociologists have said, put us at risk at about 75% of the time, uh, risk of disillusion or dissatisfaction in the marriage. And that's a hard statistic um, to share with couples, particularly when I'm talking with a Jewish, Jewish something else couple. Um, and um, I mean, here in North America, it's one thing when we're speaking uh, the same language in English. Can you imagine what it's like for couples in the Middle East, like when a, a, uh, an Israeli Jew marries an Israeli Arab and it happens? Right. You know, and then there's the family. So it's family connections and the, the struggles there. So we're, what we're looking at are all the, the, the deep level um, struggles of ethnicity and culture coming together. Uh, and that greatest set of cross-cultural challenges come with those couples that, that um, are from different ethnicities and different faith traditions. And that's what I ran up against in 1990 when I heard this dramatic change that happened in the Jewish community. And it was having all these couples come to us and we were talking to them. So you asked what are the different challenges. What I found in the research that I did was just to simplify this. And there's a chart of it in the, the workbook that I developed that there are four stages in, in a relationship. Each of those stages had different challenges um, and, and they seemed to get more intense as they went along. But if you can imagine a couple's during their dating stage, they're, they're finding out that we're different ethnicities. I mean, we're different. We're just from different cultures. And then we discover we're from different religions and religious identities. And, and I mean, I'll hear these kind of phrases, um, couples dating and the Christian will say to me, well, they're, they're really not Jewish. They don't even go to a synagogue. Actually, I heard one say, they're really not Jewish. They don't even go to their church. <laughs> I mean, synagogue, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So that's, that's where it begins. And, and a lot of times we have no statistics about how many times those relationships break up. But there are lots of issues that start to surface. And for the Christians, oftentimes it can, it can be, you know what? Should I convert to Judaism to make this work? Mm. Which means the end of their Christian faith because you've got to give up Jesus. Mm. Or, yeah, it's just those kind of questions start to surface. Second one is... is um, when they're going to get married and wedding planning, and they had no idea all the landmines that are there and their landmines of symbols, their landmines of expectations of meaning for the wedding. Um, what the families, the family starts to weigh in and it gets really, really interesting. Um, I, one of the, the more interesting moments is when I have to ask a couple, well, what are you going to do with the J word? And the Christian goes, what are you talking about? And the Jewish partner goes, Yeah. That's going to be a problem for us. We're talking about Jesus. Wow. Right. Yes. Long pause. And usually um, I'll let them know. Maybe maybe you should take it like a week for you guys to think that one over. That's just one issue. Mm. So that's um, dating and then the wedding event. And then once they're married and they're without children, the couple starts asking, okay, who are we? Um, what's our identity as a, as a couple? What holidays will we keep? Whose house do we go to? Whose who's family? How do we fit with, with one another's families and extended families? Um, and that raises lots of questions that they can feel very, very threatening. 
And then when the kids come along, that's the fourth stage. And that's the one where things can go nuclear if they haven't taken time to talk it through and come to some agreement well before they get there. And even for couples who said, you know what, I'm really glad to have my children raised as Jews in Judaism, or I'm very glad to have my, my family, my kids hear about Jesus. Very often, the, it's sort of like the gloves come off and all of our ideals, their ideals fall apart. And they look at each other and go, I know I said that, but I, I don't mean that. My family will never put up with the idea that you're taking their kids for catechism at your church. You know, wow. So four phases, different, different challenges that pop up through all of those and um, that we're working through with couples to, to help them understand where they are and to see what's happening. The big part for us, what we're trying to do is provide resources. So we have a whole component now of, of children's and youth ministry that we're tying together with, with what we're doing. And we're just, very honestly, we're just exploring how we can provide resources for those couples mm. where they can preserve their Jewish identity and introduce the, the New Testament and who Jesus is into that family. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of leads me into like what your approach is to getting to know these couples and building that trust and how you even got into this specific area of work or ministry. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked this because uh, the the expectation is that we're we're going to be there to to um, press people or or introduce them to to the gospel right from the start. And actually, there's a good part of um, pre-evangelistic ministry that goes on. I mean, we're we want to build a real relationship with people. We have to do that. We want to build trust with them. And so we we're taking an understanding approach to discover them and all their cross-cultural challenges. So that I think the church would, would do well to, to pause for a moment instead of just speaking with, to people about the message that we have, to take time and understand who people are that we're, we're meeting and um, take that understanding effort to, to get to understand what their, their challenges are. Um, that's what we did. And it was just eye-opening for me. It's, it, and it's made, made ministry really fun. Yeah. Um, we've taken an approach, the approach of cultural anthropology where um, we're trying to listen to the differences in their worldviews, um, the couple's cultural differences, and, and patiently listening to the words that they're using um, as they're speaking to one another and in their relationship, as they relate that to me or to one of our counselors, and we hear the words that they're using, we'll go back to them and ask, well, what did you mean by that? What does that mean when you said Christian? Because um, your partner over here was Jewish, maybe thinking you're just talking about Gentiles. Um, and uh, so you, you're talking about Messiah. What, is, what does Messiah mean? Who was that supposed to be? What was that supposed to be? Um, even the name Jesus has been obscured in Jewish culture and is actually in Israel been used in a, in a Hebrew um, way of getting around talking about Jesus. And most of all, trying to get around speaking his his original name in Hebrew, Yeshua, which is the Hebrew way to say Jesus, yeah. that means Savior. It's in Matthew 1, 21. The angel said, you call his name Yeshua because he's going to save his people from their sins. Rabbis don't want to call him that. And, and so they, they corrupted it and turned it into a curse. So it's um, most Israelis have no idea, and they're, they're just in the process of learning that. So we're functioning as cross-cultural translators helping to increase understanding between these different cultural partners 
And if we can lift the level of understanding enough that they feel comfortable, mm -hmm. then we can introduce some of those subjects that were causing not only the challenges, but threats to their marriage. Do I have to convert? What does that mean, convert? Can we, can we be together with a non-believer? Questions like that. Um, how, do we, how do we do that? How do we raise our children? And so once we get them on a, a non-threatening equal turf, where both are comfortable and both feel like they're equally accepted as, as um, image bearers of the, the living God, then, then we want to create a, an opportunity to, to um, introduce those, those subjects that have been left undiscussed undis, uh, or disclosed and get them on the table so they can they can find more hope for their there's a lot of hope to find right. and and we see both as image bearers of god um created with with his uh value and dignity then there's an opportunity to have a real conversation about well what kind of things should we believe can we believe do we believe right. and what will we share with our children yeah so you're investing you're getting to know them instead of just talking at them i'm i've yeah, tried to learn exactly. how to do that or ask questions better more and listen like you said that patient listening and just it's not going to happen maybe in the first meeting it could be years or months until you get an opportunity if even that you're just there to help guide along which i thought it's really a refreshing approach it's it, it but you're so right it's it's just just amazing that that we have this notion that there's some kind of a timetable we're on. And, and I'm, what I've been finding is if I'm willing to wait with people and be patient with them and talk with them and, and hear, I've found people who have been so hostile when I first met them that, you know, what I, what I am and what I, what I, they think I um, represent is so threatening that with time we become, we relate on a personal level and, and with time they start asking questions about, the stuff I'd love to talk with them about without forcing the issue and without looking like I'm waiting to pounce on them. I have to tell a Christian partner, look, I'm not going to be your, your hammer for your anvil, turn this person into, into something that you hope that they'll be, right. you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Thinking of that about couples, I wanted you to tell at least one testimony of a couple you've worked with that has just what you guys are aiming for. If you can, the spiritual harmony of, um, just a really cool story that you've encountered. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you when I it's not I don't think it's not in the workbook, not in a way that people would know because it's um, uh, I I used aliases for the folks, but I'll share very briefly also one of that's in there. Um, uh, Daryl and Stacy are ones that I was thrilled to to get to know. Um, Daryl is from South LA. He's, uh, for folks who don't know Ellie, he's, he's, his family are African-American. Um, and uh, he came to Christ um, while being raised by his grandma and, and wanted to go into the ministry. He was dating um, a girl who is uh, from Chicago, the Chicago area, and she's Jewish. And her name is Stacy. And they're just a terrific couple. Well, I met him um, when I was doing my research. Um, his uh, his uncle had had mentioned them to me and heard I was doing research, and I think he was hoping that I'd have a ministry to them. But I just wanted to get hear them, you know. So I, I did a did my um, uh, graduate 
study with them and took them through a survey and, and got all kinds of information from them. It was really, really helpful. Uh, and then they came back and they said, okay, we're having, we're having some real challenges. We're dating and, and uh, Daryl's wanting to go into ministry. And, and Stacy was telling me, you know, I don't even know what the ministry is. I've been going to church with him and, and they're, they're really culturally different than me, but um, love this guy. He's a great guy. And he, and he is, but she didn't know how to, how to relate to what was happening there. And her family were, were going to probably have a real problem with, with her on, on a couple of levels, um, more, more about the Christian than, than the, the different ethnicity, I think. Yes. Um, we got to, to talking and, and Daryl came to the place where he said, you know what, it's not fair for me to, to be inviting her into a relationship with me, with my strong beliefs. I'm not going to change her and I shouldn't expect her to change. Mm. It would be unfair. And he, he told her he loved her and, and, but said he needed to end the relationship. She started going to church because she wanted to understand what it was that he believed that would push him to the point. I mean, they knew they, they really cared for each other, but what would make him break up with her because he loved her? It didn't make any sense to her. And the more she, she attended church, the more she began to understand what the gospel is all about and how that would motivate someone to so deeply love another human being that they would give them up to serve them. And that's what he did. Um, and she eventually came to faith and was my privilege along with his uncle Joe to marry the two of them. Wow. Yeah. And Daryl is now the pastor of reconcile LA church. Okay. Um, you can find them, you know, on, on their website, uh, reconcile LA church in in mid Wilshire area of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and he's a co-pastor. Um, actually, I think there are three pastors there now. And it's, it's just a blessing. And they have, um, I think three kids uh, and they're doing really, really well. It was just an incredible wedding. Um, his folks were, were just, her folks were, were amazing. Uh, and yeah, so that's one of the, that's yeah. one of the stories I love to tell. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. I love that story. Um, and it is so necessary in LA. Oh my gosh. To have strong pastors there. It's just Big city, lots of go lots going on there. So you guys are definitely answering a call there for yeah, he's right in the middle of it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And you have more stories um from the couples, right? On your guys' podcast. I wanted you to, yeah, just share where people, listeners can find you if they are wanting to hear more, um, listen to more stories like that one. So it's very similar. I love that when I first, I got a follow from your guys's ministry on Instagram, I thought, Oh, how cool. I, I kind of picked up on there's similarities there. You guys have mm -hmm. couples featured and, um, these are specific though. These are Jewish Gentile couples sharing their stories and testimonies. Is that right? Yeah. They're, and they're, they're really interesting. Um, um, we've only been doing this for about a little over a year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, and so I've got their global stories. Um, we've got some really fun ones. Um, Mike and, and, um, Victoria Steele are down in, in Orange County and their story is really, really fun. Um, then there's, uh, there's a couple from Ethiopia. Teddy was, um, from an Ethiopian Orthodox background, but not religious. His mother abandoned him when he was, uh, really small. They didn't reconcile till he was 12 years old. She'd gone through a, a, a displaced persons camp in Uganda and had come to faith in, in Jesus and moved on to Canada. 
uh, and he came to faith when he when he finally was reunited with her. Um, and one afternoon in the middle of a, um, a shopping mall in front of a, a fast food restaurant, he met a girl <clears throat> named Dvora, who happens to be Jewish from Ethiopia. So here are these two Ethiopians, um, neither of them raised Christians. She was raised as an Orthodox in an Orthodox Jewish family that emigrated to Israel. He was raised in a broken family that emigrated to Toronto. They met in this fast food restaurant and and this, they came to faith in Jesus. And so their story is is one of the podcasts. They tell that story on the podcast. Mm -hmm. so it's really amazing. Uh, yeah, there's some really, really cool ones. So we have the podcast uh, is located on Spotify and, and Apple Play and, and SoundCloud. And it's uh, just under the name um, Jewish Gentle Couples. We have the, the website at www.jewishgentlecouples.com. Mm -hmm. um, and there's an Instagram page and a Facebook page. And um, also on that, that website, the jewishgentlecouples.com website, mm -hmm. there are blogs that are um, resource um, ideas um, around uh, what is love and, and how does that, that factor into a, um, a stable, healthy marriage? There's just a bunch of them. I mean, there's maybe um, a dozen already um, on there. Oh, the, the December dilemma. Mm. What does a couple, a Jewish gentle couple do in December? Do they celebrate Christmas? Do they celebrate Hanukkah? How do they do one, both or none? So there's, there's all, the, all those resources. And um, there is a, a contact page where people can find out you know, how to be in touch with us and, and how to get some of the, re, the resources. Right. Which is, I was going to mention to close your workbook. Um, you went into a couple things, the four um, criteria that you find in couples. Is there anything else you can share just to give listeners a little teaser that would possibly, yeah, just intrigue them to go get it? <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. I'm like, I feel like any couple could benefit, I'm sure. Yeah, any, anybody wanting to do some kind of cross-cultural ministry to right. couples um, okay. will find this helpful. It was okay. written for the context, the, the Jewish context, wow. but um, it'll work uh, in anybody's cross, the, the principles work in, in any, any cross-cultural setting. Um, yeah, I wanted it to be a practical mm -hmm. tool, and I wrote it for um, colleagues of mine who work in, this, in our field. And for people, the ordinary person in the church that was saying to me, you know what, I, we've got this couple that are coming to our church and we're, or for the parent of a couple, you know, or saying, what do we do with these people? I don't know how to, how to relate to my daughter's doing this. And my, we got this son-in-law, we don't know how to relate to him. So it's very, very practical. There are three chapters in there um, about how to engage people cross-culturally um, and how to just, just discover how to talk to people from a different culture. Um, if we only live in America, it's, it's, it's really, really hard to understand what, what cross-cultural world is like. Right. Um, the first time you, you step off a plane someplace else and you realize dogs and babies understand this language and I don't, you, know, you, you realize, okay, there's a culture going on here. Oh, yes. So then there's some practical, uh, three chapters on practical steps for building relationships where you can earn trust and, and introducing what you believe after you've taken time to study what, how they communicate. Um, and then there's uh, some more chapters, uh, more in depth about the four relational stages. Um, so that it really drives home, uh, it was, it's a good diagnostic tool and it drives home the fact that each of those different stages present different kinds of culture, uh, challenges. So that's helpful. And the last one is last three chapters are on, um, practical couples ministry through a church, small group, um, or cultural events. 
Um, and then there, there are seven appendices with really specific um, uh, questions that it's answering, like um, is intermarriage in the Bible? And what does the Bible have to say about that? Or what about Jewish survival? Is intermarriage going to uh, wipe out the Jewish people? Um, or Bible study topics for intercultural studies. So those are those are all available. Um, it's either available through that website, um, or you can uh, people can go to if they they Google um, www.jplbooks.com and look for he said then she said um, helping Jewish gentle couples find spiritual harmony. That's a long part of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely link it in the episode note and the blog post page when it goes up, so people can have a click, easy click. I know Great. that's helpful. And- and our email um, will also get that. Okay. We can connect that way through info oh. at jewishgentlecouples.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Debbie. Yeah, Alicia, I want you to know that, that the Marriage Project is one of the resources that we're really glad is there so we can re- refer people to that. Thank you for what you're doing. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. All the Lord. He put it on my heart four years ago. So thank yeah. you so much for joining. Thanks. Thanks for the invitation to be